Welcome back to another episode. What's up, Brett? What's up, what's up? You hear that nice deep voice I got? I like that. That sounds pretty damn good. That's those new mics we got, man. We're, we're upgrading. It only took a year, but we're, we're <laughs> upgrading the, the podcast experience. That's it, babe. We got to constantly innovate, right? We want to uh, keep delivering more and more value and, uh, and get better each and every time. Yeah, man. So uh, let's, let's keep cranking. Uh, I, I think what was, uh, you know, one of the things I just wrote about recently was this idea about I don't feel like, especially with recreational athletes, athletes that are, uh, what I joke, that, are, that work out hard but don't get paid to do it. Um, let's say on average they're working out five hours a week, however they're putting that in, five group classes a week or, uh, you know, three days of hard training at an hour and a half, something like that. Uh, is They're not appropriately uh, doing enough recovery uh, to equal out how much hours of training they're putting in. And, and we've all heard that before, but we've never put a number to it. And so, so I started trying to put some numbers together, and I feel like a more appropriate ratio for somebody who's training at all should come to you know, a two-to-one to one-to-one ratio. So if th- that example that I used, that athlete was training five hours a week, and if they're not uh, doing recovery that accumulates to two-and-a-half hours to five hours a week, that two-to-one to one-to-one ratio, I can guarantee – that chronic issues, uh, chronic injuries are going to occur for that athlete. It's not if, it's when it's going to occur. Yeah, no, that was exactly what I was thinking, the same exact thing. It's not sustainable, right? Uh, you want to, you know, be in this fitness game long term, right? You want to you play the long game, you know? And if, you know, it's like you can't go from one extreme to the other, right? If you are just thinking about pounding the weights, training intensely, you know, uh, five, six days a week with no extra recovery session, you're going to break down eventually. Yeah. And it's not a surprise, you know, why these athletes are getting injured. You know, it's inflammation of the system. And the idea, we don't know necessarily which modalities work better than others, because a lot of that is, you know, specific to the individual. I can go in and get ice baths and get amazing effect and you can do the same thing and get very little. So the idea is that does an individual have enough tools to the toolbox of recovery modalities and try to experiment with these to figure out which ones work best with them giving what they do and I don't think we give enough recognition to those uh, modalities right because when most people think recovery they're they're normally most often thinking about stretching but Mm -hmm. that is so basic and so boring and mundane if that's all we leave it to then we're never ever like i'd be insane to ask you to stretch for five hours a week that's just not going to happen yeah no um you know that that's probably the most basic approach right stretch before or after but it's like uh in comparison to training if you just did you know three movements for the rest of your life right it's um a starting point it's you know a basic approach but you also are leaving so much other components out on the table that uh, could be you know very beneficial to you yeah so when we came up with these ratios one of the other things I wrote on the article was let's if we had to categorize these type of recovery methods we can put them as passive versus active recovery methods and um, basically what I was trying to say is either you can do these yourselves and save money and time, or you can hire out a specialist to do these recovery methods on yourself, but it's gonna cost you more money and more time. And so I think a nice complement of the two 
is always best because one is more accessible. You could do it on your own. And the other one, you know, you're always going to be dependent on somebody else's schedule, but also on their expertise, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we can uh, take advantage of both of those necessities. And uh, I know that we use both of those to our advantage. And I wanted to, uh, you know, talk about some of those that we've used in our own experience with them. Yeah. I mean, ideally, if we are, you know, loaded in, in cash and, you know, we just pay, hired the, the professional, right? Yeah, and had all the free time in the world to yeah, do it. Yeah, all the free time in the world, all the money in the world just to, you know, hire someone. Hey, let me get a massage every day yep. and let me go to a chiropractor every day, right? Yep. But uh, obviously we don't, we can't afford that. So that's when we got to kind of take matters into our own hands and start doing that more, you know, passive approach like you labeled it um, and get things done ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and one of the ones that we are both adamant about is massage. I was a licensed massage therapist. Uh, you've had massages since the, you know, I know you have had, you've gotten massages since the day I've met you. Uh, and it's just something that we'd maintain in our lifestyle. Mm -hmm. No. Um, and then if you find a good one, you know, that kind of has like a, a sports background or, you know, I'm, I'm huge on, you know, massages and seeing the chiropractor that both I can speak the same language too. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, specifically if they have like a sports background or um, you know they've worked with athletes previously in the past so I can come in here and say hey you know what my glute is super super tight I did a you know shitload of deadlifts the other day can you work me out and say no more right they go ahead get get going go to town exactly where I need it opposed to you know a massage therapist that is just working on older ladies you know mm -hmm. we're not speaking the same language but to your point um, yeah, no, massage is great. You know, it kind of gives you that relaxed mental aspect too, as well as the recovery, physical, working out the kinks. Yeah, we're both adamant on chiropractic and massage. And for me, uh, the way I would define uh, somebody who's really good in that industry is one, that constantly, like they never give the same adjustment or the same massage every single time. Mm -hmm. Because like if, if they knew the body and they can feel the body reacting or it's tension or where it's pain points are that session, they should have to spend more attention on those areas. And if I can like, if I know where my massage therapist is moving next and how long they're gonna maintain that stroke, I know it's a cookie cutter program they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. They're not really listening to me. Same with my Cairo. If he's doing the same three cracks and that's all he's doing, or he can't give me feedback on, hey, you might, uh, you know, I, I feel a lot of tension in your neck here. That adjustment was really difficult uh, this week. Like, then, then I know we're getting somewhere. But if they come in, they crack me, they massage me, they don't say shit, and I walk back out the door, that's probably not the guy who's going to work for me long term. No, it makes total sense. And then, you know, kind of comparable to how you're training, right? If you're doing a lot of weightlifting, okay, then your massage should be different than, hey, you know, I'm, I've been running a lot lately. Or, you know, um, just another example, I did, uh, you know, powerlifting and running, right? Yep. I, I, I kind of worked up to those two competitions. And, you know, um, the, before the 5K, I got a massage, right? And I'm like, listen, I've been training a lot of running, like, can you focus on, you know, my knees, calves, hamstrings, right? And she knew right away. She's like, yeah, oh, no, your ankles are a little bit tighter. And then, you know, based on whatever style your training is should uh, reflect on what type of massage you get pre or post training, right? Yeah, yeah. And having a specialist who can move through different modalities is great. They're moving from massage to stretching to PNF to trigger point. Like, you know, the more skills they can have under their belt – 
uh, and the more they understand what we do, if I walk in and he's like, dude, CrossFit is dangerous and he doesn't even get it because yeah. it's, it's an ignorant statement. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's then, or yeah, like you said, you speak the same language, man, we've had some really heavy pulls this week. We've had Olympic weightlifting, uh, sessions almost every day this week, then they get it. Mm-hmm. But if like, if I have to explain what a wa- Olympic weightlifting on? is to mm-hmm. you, man, we're not even on the same page. Yeah. And then that pertains to not just the massage therapist, but the chiropractors, right? Um, when I first started going to a chiropractor, it was a, a family friend, right? I played um, sports with his son in high school, but he's not familiar with CrossFit, right? He's not familiar with weightlifting in general. Um, and then I switched to one that's, you know, uh, been a, he's an official chiropractor for, you know, a local sports team, mm-hmm. right? Um, he's CrossFit certified. So it's like, okay, this guy weightlifts. Like, he's not going to tell me, hey, just lay off the squats for a little <laughs> right, bit. Right, 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 right. I can't stand Squats are that. bad for yeah, you. Yeah, I can't stand that. That's a, a doctor or a professional. Unbelievable. That's just yeah. going to say, hey, you know what? Uh, lay off the weights for a little bit, that's right? That's a whole different That combo. doesn't help me. Yeah. Like, you know, I've been lifting for 10 years. I've been, you know, a, a professional trainer for going on seven. I'm not going to stay out of the weight room, right? Right. So don't tell me to do that. that that's not going to be advice that's applicable to my life. So at the end of the day, like I, you know, keep going back to it's got to be someone you can speak the same language with. That's really good. The, the, you know, I see a lot of apprehension with people who've never gone to the Cairo and there's this kind of like, you know, fear, like they're going to crack their neck and make them paralyzed. That's, that's a silly apprehension mm-hmm. and fear. I think that you should do your due diligence and look up you know, these chiropractors and ask them questions before you let anybody touch you. I think too, that every well-rounded chiropractor is going to run an x-ray on you first before they even touch you. That's two. And then two, I think you need to recognize that you're going to get more adjustments than you want to get on the front end, uh, than you are on the back end. Like you and I see chiros for maintenance, right? Yeah, We're exactly. like, Hey, my, my neck's been acting weird lately. It's not like, Dude, I'm debilitated and I can't feel the right side of my leg. That's mm-hmm. not why we're going to see these guys. A lot of the times we're seeing them for maintenance work because we believe if we get to that point where I'm going to see them because I have sciatic pain, man, this is something we could have really got ahead of. A, yeah, we could have got mm-hmm. ahead of a long time ago. So, um, but um, we are scared of things that we do not know. And to eliminate some of that fear that they have with the chiropractors is they, they have to do some research. They have to understand what it is, why it works, and, and why they should put it as part of the recovery uh, uh, modalities. Yeah, I agree. So we got massage, chiropractors. Do you got anything else that uh, we can kind of throw in on the, the, um, the active? Well, uh, one of the ones I just signed up for that I'm really excited for is acupuncture. I've okay. heard some really great things about it. And this goes into like, you know, we want to experiment with ourselves to see the effectiveness. Uh, one of my PT clients is an adamant of uh, acupuncture and she said uh, that it's worked wonders for her. So looking for active approaches to recovery, I want to open up my tools to the toolbox and acupuncture is one of them. So uh, yeah, man, I got it scheduled for next week. So I tell you what I think. That's what uh, they put like the sticks in you. They put the needles. Yeah. Yeah. The needles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Keep me posted on that, man. Yeah, man. I'm excited. That that's a a one that's getting more and more popular. And then the cupping is another one that's getting more and more popular when it's all said and done. I like to try both. Yeah. I've had cupping done. uh, I would say three sessions ago with my massage therapist. It's a really interesting man. It, it, it pulls, you could feel it pull the muscle off that surface. Uh, like you can't get with a massage. Like when you get a massage, you're getting like, you can feel 
like the fingers come through the cross fibers, but this literally lifts it up and off. It's a really interesting vibe. Uh, there is some better success with some of the glass cups over the plastic cups, okay. and that's what the therapist was telling me as well. Uh, but it's also a convenience factor. Some people uh, with the cups, you have to use fire, Yeah. Uh, where the other is ones that? are suction. Okay. Uh, so there, there's uh, some pros and cons to both of them. But uh, yeah, I only had it once. I can't really sell the effectiveness of it because it was co compiled with my uh, massage routine anyways. But the it was an interesting stimulus for sure. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to definitely try What that. about you? Uh, I mean, that's really my two major ones, you know, uh, was the massage and the Cairo. Okay. You know, as far as professional care goes. Uh, what about passive work, the stuff that you're doing on your own? Uh, so I do the, the Ramwad program Money. That, that, yeah, that we offer on Sundays. It's, uh, it's basically a guided yoga routine kind of marketed towards CrossFitters. Um, but, you know, I'll go ahead and try to get that in every morning. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to be a little more consistent than I have been, but, uh, I mean, it's a quick hitter, you know, you got some breathing work in there and then you got some stretching. Yeah. Uh, bro, if you can't sit and watch a guided stretch and follow it, I can't help you. Yeah, yeah. Like it's the most basic level of recovery that we can ask for you to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, all it's a guided, it's a guided yoga. So. Yeah, no, they tell you what to do. They tell you what stretch, how long to stretch. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's so easy and simple. It's just part of my routine. You know, I wake up, I do it and get all of my day. Yeah. So if no one's in, has, has any of these under their belt, I say, start, let's start basic, man. Mm -hmm. Let's get you into some Ramwad. Can you do that? Like, like can you do that two days a week for a total of 30 minutes? Mm -hmm. So at least it's something, it's a starting point. They got 40, four hours of training, four days a week of CrossFit, mm -hmm. and they're doing 30 minutes of stretching. It's getting us there, right? They're still very disproportionate, four to one, five to one ratio. We'd like to move them up to two to one, one to one, but it is something. Let's mm -hmm. get them there. Let's get them there. What do you got? What's uh, kind of a practice you kind of get? Uh, with? I, I think some of the other ones, you know, that I've sold, um, is uh, we use something called yoga tune-up. And the idea, like, you know the lacrosse balls that we use, but one of the things that this lady describes is that the nervous system will fight really aggressive tension. And what happens is as cheap as those lacrosse balls are, they, uh, they do more harm than good because they're too aggressive, right? And the muscle will never get supple enough to actually uh, allow the attention of the ball to do what it's supposed to do. So the ball that the yoga tune-up sells has, not only does it give you, uh, it's a little bit more supple, so it's harder than a tennis ball, but softer than a lacrosse ball. It has tack. And one of the things, a lot of the drills that she does has you bringing the ball into the tissue and spinning and tacking it down. Okay. And that helps break up the tissue. Feels very similar to massage in a lot of ways. But it's softer than a lacrosse ball. And it, it adapts better. A little bit bigger too? Uh, slightly bigger, okay. slightly bigger, um, but it, you can feel it come through the muscle fibers 10 times better than a lacrosse ball ever will. Oh yeah. Yoga tune-up. Yoga tune-up. Yep. Maybe she sells we'll DVDs, online versions. She's got a bunch of YouTube videos. We'll drop a link to that. Yeah. Yeah. And they sell their special balls and there's different sizes for different muscle groups. That, um, K-Star, he's got that one, uh, what do you call that little, it's like a, almost the size of a softball. Very similar, yep. Um, but. It has the grips on it too. I actually found out about Yoga Tuna from K-Star. Okay. He had her on one of his mobility project YouTube videos like three years ago, and that's how I caught on with her. 
Um, I know he did a book too with uh, with one of those one of those. Girls. That's exactly that might be her. her. That yeah. is her. Yeah, that's the one. Okay, interesting. Um, you know, keeping on that soft tissue work. Uh, you know, foam rolling goes hand in hand with you know something like a lacrosse ball to kind of you know break up the uh, the tight muscle tissue. But uh, also, my go-to lately is you know when I'm winding down after a long day. You know, I'll either watch TV, watch a show um, on Netflix, but I'll foam roll. You know. Nice the miss of doing it you know we you know before we start we we're kind of joking around instead of netflix and chilling where i'm netflix and rolling <laughs> right uh, <laughs> i'm on the phone or whatever you know I love and, it. and i'm still you know um working on myself you know still engaged in this show but i feel like i'm till killing two birds one stone i'm yeah. winding down i'm working on my body i'm watching a good show um so that's kind of been you know part of my routine lately is you know, as I'm winding down, hey, let's you know, let's get on a foam roller and, and work out some kinks while I'm watching Netflix. Yeah, I call it commercial breaks too. People that are watching cable television, you're getting a two and a half minute commercial break. That is a great opportunity in an hour show that's four or five breaks to roll out. You're getting 10 to 12 minutes mm -hmm. of mobility work per show you're watching every week. That's 50 minutes five days a week. That's almost an hour. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's little things like that. You know, it's that People get so caught up, like, I have to stretch for an hour, that that thought alone will never allow them to even open the idea of stretching because they think they have to spend all that time doing it. We're talking about accumulation over the week. We're not talking about trying to get the five hours in in one day. Yeah, no. Um, just get going. At the end of the day, you got to get going. You, get, you know, it's like, you know, you can procrastinate all you want, but until you, you know, sit down and say, hey, I'm going to do something pre-workout, post-workout, you know, at night while watching Netflix, just get rolling. Yeah, the uh, other ones that I pulled out uh, lately is my TENS unit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I bought a TENS unit for like 30 bucks online. And uh, I first got uh, open to the idea in high school. I hurt my back really bad and my physical, uh, or my, my trainer uh, gave me a TENS unit to take home for the week. And it helped my back tremendously. And you know, they use uh, electronic stimulation to kind of palpate the muscles. You can control the intensity. They have different vibration modes. So, so all the chiros use now too. Yeah, it's really big. They're doing chi really. Uh, what's more effective is electronic stimulation and ice on top. Okay. Because you're some do heat as well. And heat as well. Yeah. And a lot of these are trying to desensitize the muscle, get it supple as possible. So when the tens unit's working, you're really getting the most impact. Um, and I love it as a passive approach. I don't got to do anything, right? I, ju I just got to put the pads on. I put it on for 15 to 30 minutes, and it's doing the work for me. Uh, and I, I love it. Um, feel like it works pretty good? I think it does. Yeah. Um, but everyone's different. Sometimes mm -hmm. I feel like it works better than others. Uh, sometimes it doesn't at all. Uh, the other thing that I have noticed, though, is uh, the pads. I think a lot of it has to do with the adhesions of the pads, and I'm constantly changing them out more often, and I'm getting better results than my ghetto butt trying to wait like two months with the same pads. They just don't stick enough, and mm -hmm. uh, you're really just you're not getting deep into the the tissue to do anything. So, so basically, once you get the unit, you kind of I would buy a from dozen sets. Buy more pads and keep you know. replacing them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, sounds good. Um, and then. Uh, you know, one of my last ones is kind of just coming to the gym and, and moving, you know, nice and easy. Get on a, a piece of conditioning equipment and just go light, you know, maybe 40 minutes on the recovery bike, right? Mm -hmm. Just get there. Uh, you know, I'll do it out in the sun, catch a little bit of tan, put on a podcast, and I'm just moving, really. It's not taxiing. I'm not really getting out of breath. It's a, it's an active recovery approach by just coming in, moving through the muscles and, uh, and break a little bit of a sweat, you know? 
Yeah, you make a good point. I think we're so caught up on the time sometimes that when we just take away the time, we lightly elevate the heart rate, we think we're not getting anything out of it. And uh, that, that approach to recovery is phenomenal because it's enough to flush the system, but not enough to exhaust it. Yeah, basically, you're, you know, the term for it is you're sweating out the lactic acid buildup, you know. Um, and that could be on the bike, like I, you know, gave for example, or you can row, you can jump rope a little bit. Um, nothing too taxing. You could pretty much hold a conversation with someone if you really wanted to, right? It's not hardcore training. It's just like, hey, I'm trying to sweat a little bit. I'm a little bit stiffer than normal. I'm trying to loosen up. Um, and that's kind of the approach you got to set in stone before you even get to the gym, right? If you're having an active recovery day, go in there and do that. Don't, you know, oh, you know, I'm starting to feel pretty good. I'm going to pound some heavy workout. deadlifts, yeah. pound some heavy squats. Hey, you know, commit to the active recovery and wait till the next day to kind of boost up the uh, intensity again. Yeah, we're, you know, we're just getting to this point that we're feeling like people are, are not getting injured because they're working out too much is they're not recovering enough, right? Because, mm-hmm. the so, you know, the 10 hours of working out doesn't mean jack if you're getting 10 hours of recovery. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is they're not getting the 10 hours. They're not getting the five hours of recovery. They're maybe getting one massage therapy that week. Maybe they spent an extra 10 minutes of stretching, but that's all they're doing is just not enough. So when people are coming to us and I'm like, I have this shoulder that's inflamed and the pain won't go away, like the answer is obvious to me, right? And it's always about when we get you know, to talking to our athletes is that how do we present this in a way that for us it's obvious, but for them it's not? Yeah, no, I think a, go- a good way to kind of leave off is, um, you know, a huge training topic is overtraining, right? You're overtraining, you're spending way too much time in the gym. But, you know, to your point, it's not, we're not overtraining, we're just under recovering, right? We're probably not getting the amount of sleep we need, we're not eating the required food we need. And then to our sense, to our points, we're not doing that extra recovery Covered. stuff actively and passively to keep us going in the long term. And why do you think that is, Brett? For me, I think one, is we need to learn to make that unsexy stuff sexy, right? Yeah, is I was like, just gonna say that right? As well. The yoga is just not, it's not sexy, it's not let, exciting. Let, yeah, let's be real. It's fun to train, it's not fun to stretch, it's not fun to foam roll. Um, it, you know, that's why we don't do it. You know, the, the, the fun part, you know, I make the joke uh, all the time, you know, it's easy to train, but it's hard to take rest days, mm. right? It's easy to train, but it's hard to take rest days, but they're essential, you know, um, or eventually gonna break down. The, the other reason I think it is, is they just don't recognize what's out there, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we come into place to, to uh, bring up these ideas. Hey, we are our own experiments. You and I are the first ones to say, like, I'm not going to give you something I haven't tried, right? Like, if I'm going to go sell acupuncture to people, then I better know what the hell I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and so they should do that themselves. They're, right, they have their own freedom to try other stuff and experiment and to tell us what they thought about it, right? Uh, and, and I think that's the other observation because if you're only leaving it to one or two modalities you're, and you don't like those as they are, you're never going to do enough recovery. You're always going to find yourself injured or plagued with another injury that's just going to keep, you know, taking one step forward to take two steps back. Yeah, at the end of the day, it could be either one of two things, lack of knowledge, okay, or lack of desire. Mm, right? I love it. Yeah, either one of those um, could kind of be setting, setting back the recovery, but uh, it's time to make some changes. You know, you got to address it. You got to work on it. Yeah, man, we appreciate you guys. I hope uh, that kind of gets you fired up to, to ask some questions and really just look, take an honest approach. I mean, that was the end of the article was, man, just take an honest approach to how many hours, like just the way you would log your job hours, like be serious about it. Like how many hours did I train this week and how many 
in totality that I use for recovery. Add those minutes up. I can guarantee that if something as chronic as plaguing you, it's because the ratios are so off, they're not even funny. Yeah, no, put it on paper, right? You put it on paper, you're quantifying it. It's right there um, in, in front of you. It's not, you know, the, the term goes, uh, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. Put it on paper, stick to it, come up with a game plan, and roll with it. Appreciate y'all, man. See you guys. Bye.